Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. Well, you'll have to uh, be patient with me this morning. Uh, my voice is a little bit different. I lost my voice a little bit. Uh, we went to a water park yesterday with the youth group. So it's definitely not because I was screaming on the rides. It was something else. I don't know. But my voice is a little bit different. So if I squeak or anything like that, bear with me. Bear with me. I want to share a story uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, the other week, I was, I was sitting at home, and, and I heard my son, who's almost four years old, he was playing with, uh, with Emily, and they were playing trains, and I could hear him just, like, crashing things together, and it was, like, these loud trains crashing in, in, into each other. People were, get, were getting hurt. Some people were dying, and Emily was like, wow, Noah, this is, this is really violent. And I hear him say, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like it was this co- like compliment to him. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's been fun having a boy. Uh, today, I, I want to go into uh, fighting for connection. And when I hear fighting for connection, it is this fighting to, to move towards people in love. And instead of, instead of running away in fear, it is this fight between love that is moving towards people or or fear that wants us to pull back. This is the common fight, the, the, the challenge we face. And quite honestly, if I, if I look at my heart, I feel like, man, I have really good intentions. Quite honestly, like I look and I'm like, yeah, I want to love God. And yeah, I want to love people. I have really good intentions. But if I were to ask people around me, hey, do you feel radically loved and radically connected all the time? Well, I don't ask that question for a reason. <laughs> like, my good intentions don't always meet up with what I want those intentions to be. And I am learning this, this wisdom and, and getting out of some old mindsets, old paradigms. And quite honestly, it's a journey because some of these old paradigms of fear are, are deeply ingrained in me. This fear that wants to pull back, this, this fear that gets scared to get hurt quite honestly. And so there is this battle, and it's not a battle in the honeymoon season where there's no pain. The battle is when pain enters. The battle enters when there's a lot of hurt. And it's in that moment that we have a choice to choose into love to move towards people, or we have a choice to move away. So this is what I'm going to go after. Um, I think it's a good one. It's really, it's my journey. So you can, you're invited on this journey with me, and I, I think I want to set up this. I know you guys know this, but the very foundation here really starts with the foundation that love is a choice. And I know we know this, but I want to sink into it. This is important to set up. Love is a choice. It is not a feeling. And love is, this is interesting. I'll throw this out there because I, I get stuck in this. Love is not, a, it's not the foundation that you're lovable. That might sound kind of interesting, but if that's your foundation, it's not a very strong foundation. It might be a good pillar that you're lovable, but it's not a good foundation. And I, w- I want to share why. It's because if you think of Jesus, when he walked here on earth, he was the most lovable person you could imagine. Like super lovable, extreme, extreme lovable. 
And yet there was a ton of people who did not choose to love him. And even today, God is so extraordinarily lovable if we see him accurately, right? But there are so many people who choose not to love him. So I would say if lovability is the foundation, that's a weak foundation. Because if that's the foundation, then the moment pain or hurt enters the relationships, they're not going to look as lovable. <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. So that's not a very strong foundation. The other is love is not the foundation of you know, that feeling. Again, that honeymoon, honeymoon stage, like, and then when fear or pain enters, that feeling is going to go away. And quite honestly, as I, I've been thinking about it, some of the most radical displays of love are actually when you feel fear. It's not when you're actually feeling love. You're actually feeling fear or pain in the moment. And your choice to show forgiveness, your choice to say, I'm going to choose to connect with you even though I feel pain or fear right now, that is a greater display of love than when you're feeling love, right? So love is not about being lovable or feeling. It is a choice. And this is kind of like, it's kind of nice. It kind of releases you from this feeling of like, people dictate your value or how lovable you are. It actually gives, it actually boosts up this, this understanding that you are lovable. Because if someone doesn't choose to love you or doesn't see you as lovable, it's just their choice. They're not the ones dictating whether you're valuable or lovable, right? Yeah. It's just their choice. Same with Jesus. Is he less lovable because someone didn't choose him? No. He's extremely lovable. Someone just didn't choose that. Okay. So, if we are wanting to make that choice to fight for love in the midst of pain, what does that look like? What does that look like to really fight and choose into love in the midst of feeling hurt? And I want to start and, and break it open by basically, what does it not look like? <laughs> because I, I get into this all the time, and what it doesn't look like is self-protection. What it doesn't look like is this self-preservation. And my brothers and I, when we were growing up, we were extraordinarily just aggressive and violent. We were so rough with each other. And, uh, okay, well, maybe we weren't, like, super aggressive or rough, but we would really, really, really fight. And I, when I mean fight, I mean we would, we would tickle fight. <laughs> and it was... Yeah, but it's not like what you're thinking, right? It's not like we're saying, let's have cotton candy and go tickle fight each other. <laughs> no, this is like, these were battles. Like, these were intense battles that we would get into it, and we would know all of the vulnerable parts. We would, we would call them our, our tickle targets, right? And so we would, we were manly. We, we, would, we would put these, I have to say that, all right? It's not thinking the wrong thing. We would put these pillows under our tickle targets, and we would cover all ourselves up. There was nothing vulnerable, and then we would just jump on each other and go for it. And these were, they were am amazing moments, right? And I remember one day, we were so well guarded. We were so well protected. There was just, we couldn't get each other. And so it was in that moment 
that we made an amazing discovery. And that discovery is that if you use your chin and get into their neck, <laughs> it's slightly ticklish, <laughs> but that's what we could work with, all right? And so I was on him, we were guarded, he was guarded, and, and my chin was just digging into his neck. And his chin was digging into my neck, and we're just, we're going for it. And it was a sight to behold, right? And that's the moment when my stepdad walked in and saw this sight to behold and said, I, I remember his voice so clear, he's like, what the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> and we sat there, it was like the ceasefire for World War I on Christmas Day. We just sat there in shame for like 10 seconds. He walks away, We're, it just, oh, it hit us. And then we went right back at it. <laughs> it was great. But all to say, man, sometimes we get so protected. We get so guarded in life that the fruit of that just looks ridiculous. It just brings this level of shame. It is, that's the fight, so honestly, is we are so protected in our relationships. How do we, how do we move past that? How do we choose into love instead of just protecting ourselves? And really what Danny Silk says about um, self-protection, he kind of used this verbiage of punishment. It's this punishment paradigm. And in 1 John 4:18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And so I want to break that open. What does punishment mean here? Punish punishment often happens because of this reaction to pain or fear that we're experiencing. And it's basically just trying to protect yourself through punishment. Punishment is our attempt to fight pain with pain. So we get hurt, we get offended, and want, what do we do with that? We hurt them to try and control them to stop. It is, it is about self-protection. We are wanting the pain and the fear to stop, and we are wanting to control the pain to stop. So how do we control this pain to stop? Let's punish them. Let's, let's show some type of pain back. And if we can show enough pain back, it will get them to stop. Because that's what we're wanting. That's what I'm wanting in this moment. I just want the pain to stop. And if I show you enough pain, you'll stop. That's punishment. It's about self-protection. I'm going to protect myself by hurting you back. And whenever we punish, the goal is the same. We want to get away from the pain. We want to stop the pain. We want to prevent it. And the pain that I show you should teach you, don't do that. Don't do that ever again. And it is, it is this, this need for control, this need to be strong in the moment and to stop the pain. So what are the different forms? There's a few different forms of punishment that uh, maybe you relate to one more than the others. I relate to all of them at times, and I'm working on it. But the first one is you can, you can punish by fighting back. And this is really right back, right up in your face. And the message is, you hurt me, so I will hurt you, so that you will learn to not do that again. It might be that you are yelling back at someone. It might be that you're being really passive-aggressive back because you're hurt 
could be that you're just really defensive right back, and you have to be right. Could be using words to cut them down. Almost like, and, and it might be right up in their face, it might be kind of subtle of like this superiority thing. I, I'm hurt, and I, I just gotta show you I'm, I'm above you right now. And that's an, a form of punishment. Another way is running away and fleeing. And that message is the pain of the distance we have now. I'm really hurt, so I'm gonna run away. You're not gonna have connection with me, and the pain that you feel from me running away should teach you, don't do that. It's, it might look better than right up in your face fighting back, but it's still a, you're gonna feel pain by me not being around you. And that pain should teach you, don't do that again. A, a lot of times we, we can mix up boundaries here where we use boundaries in a, in a way to actually punish, it's, it's boundaries in a way to actually create disconnection instead of boundaries that are used for connection. Boundaries that are, there's a very clear communication of, hey, I, I want to get connected to you, but here's what I need. And, and there's, a, there's an invitation within that. And if that's not clearly communicated, a lot of times what we're doing is just punishing in a way to teach them. Okay. The other way is we freeze up, we become apathetic, and again, that is just this, this way to say, hey, you're going to experience pain of, uh, again, me being apathetic and, and not wanting connection with you as a way to say that pain should teach you not to do that again. Okay, the problem with punishment, the problem with doing that, fighting fire with fire, is that it just doesn't work. The problem with punishment is it really doesn't work in that all that punishment can really produce is more fear and more pain. It's like trying to fight fire with gasoline. You're already hurt. What are you going to do? Now you want them to be hurt. And so you're just adding more pain. You're adding more gasoline to the fire. Is it, it might give you a sense of control. It might give you a sense of like, hey, I'm pouring something onto the fire. I'm doing something, right? But it's actually making it worse. Punishment can't produce healing. Punishment can't produce forgiveness or love. Punishment can't produce connection. It doesn't lead to purity. Punishment just doesn't work. That's the problem with it. And so for a long time, and even in our world today, but for a long time, this was, the, this was the culture. You punish. Someone does the wrong thing, you punish, and you teach them a lesson so that they don't do it again. You add, add some pain so that they don't do that again. Until Jesus entered the picture. And he came with a radically different paradigm. Radically different. So I want to I jump in here. Go to John 8. <clears throat> this is verse 3. This is a wonderful story for this. It says, Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. Then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we have caught this woman in the very act of adultery, doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? 
So they're wanting to punish. She did the wrong thing. He did the wrong thing as well, but they just brought the woman. And they're ready to like, let's add pain to teach them a lesson, to teach everyone, don't ever do that. They are ready to punish, to stone her to death. And it's crazy because it's actually true. Like in Deuteronomy 22, it does say to kill, to stone both the man and the woman. So this is in the law, right? And so they are ready to punish. And Jesus comes in. And let's continue here. So they say, tell us, what do you say we should do with her? They were only, get this, this is so good. They were only testing Jesus because they had hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the laws of Moses. It's interesting that it says they were testing. They knew this was a test for Jesus because they must have seen Jesus just wasn't like this. He wasn't about this punishment paradigm. And so they knew it was a test because they saw this like forgiveness that he always walked in. They knew this was a test. So it continues. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent, bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon, upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience, until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Instead of this punishment of like, I'm ready to add pain, this is, and, and this is so prevalent in religion, right? Religion is all about control. Religion is all about do the right thing and we'll punish you if you don't do the right thing. So these religious scholars were ready to punish. And Jesus had this different paradigm. He had been walking in a different paradigm and he showed it right here in this moment of saying, I don't condemn you. Go and, and go and sin no more. No more pain added to the mix. And this is, think about this. This is prior to Jesus dying on the cross. So they're actually in the old covenant paradigm. He hadn't set up the New Testament of forgiveness, hadn't died on the cross for it. So why could he do that? Well, my thought is, is that's just who he is. So he's not displaying the law. He's displaying what the father is really like. And the father is not about punishment. The father is about forgiveness Deep, radical forgiveness. So the, this paradigm radically changed. This, pu this, this punishment paradigm that said, you know what, we punish people, we blame, and, and, and we are the victim to whatever they do. Instead of that paradigm, it changed to Jesus coming in and having this radical forgiveness that pursues connection no matter what. That even when it's scary, even when it's painful, 
there's forgiveness and there's pursuing connection. There's that choice to move towards them. And in this new paradigm, we have to learn a few things. We have to learn to be really vulnerable. We have to learn to communicate. And we have to learn to deeply forgive. And without that, we'll, we'll be stuck in the old paradigm. And I found myself there trying to battle out of that old paradigm, quite honestly. And I want to share a, a story um, with my mom. And I pray for her strength here. <laughs> Lord, help me get through this story. Um, because I, I deeply love my mom. Like, she is a hero to me. Dang it. <laughs> if it's starting off bad already, this is going to be rough. Okay. Um, I think this is a good story to kind of share the different dynamics within it. Okay. But with my mom, uh, a few months ago, it was Easter. Dang. It was Easter, and we went to visit my mom. And I was just not in the right place. Like, I was really, really down. I was already extremely sensitive. And I was just in a terrible, terrible, terrible state of being already. And along with, I'm a, I'm a words person. That is my highest. And so words mean a little bit more. And without her even intending to hurt me, she made a few comments that it just really hit me wrong. Like, it just, with Noah, it's been funny. He's been, um, he's been coming to us, and he says, Daddy or Mommy, I love you. And not just a little bit, but a lot. <laughs> and within that moment, it was like the reverse of that. It was like, it wasn't just this little bit of hurt. It was so much, so much hurt. And I, I went away, and quite honestly, everything in me was, was feeling this punishment paradigm. Everything in me was just wanting to run away. I just wanted to self-protect. I was so, so, so hurt. I just wanted to get away, run away, punish by running away, and the distance of this should teach her, don't do that again. And everything in me is like, I don't want to be around you. And I honestly, I felt like I don't want to be around you for the foreseeable future. That's what I was feeling. And I was, this was this punishment paradigm that I'm, I'm dealing with, just this self-protection. And that's what I felt. And she, she wrote me this email, <coughs> and she was very apologetic. She was like, you know, I blew it. I'm, I'm sorry. And, and I wish that that had worked. But that initial thing, I, I still, my experience, I was still really, really hurt. And I was still in this state of being of like, no, I don't want to be around you. I want to protect myself. And so I had a few, few options there. And historically, quite honestly, historically, I would have just swept it under the rug and I would have stayed in the punishment paradigm for however long I'd, it took, right? swept it on the rug, or, or I would have told myself, it wasn't her intention. You know, I, like, I can logic it away. I, I'm wrong here. It wasn't her intention, and um, I'll just sweep it on the rug. But by doing that, I would have stayed in here for as long as I needed, right? I would have stayed in here for a long time. Or I had the option to communicate my feelings, even though they were wrong. I had an opportunity to communicate my experience of how hurt I was. And quite honestly, all these different things started stirring. So there was like this, 
this dam of emotion that was like these, all these experiences piling up, and I, I just threw it out on the table, and it was a lot. And I, I did my best. I don't know if I perfectly did it. I did my best not to attack, but just share how I felt in different experiences. And knowing that some of those experiences, it's not her heart. It wasn't her intention, which was really hard for me because I felt so weak in doing it. I felt so weak in realizing, like, I'm wrong. I'm the, I'm the one who's wrong here. It wasn't your intention, but, but I experienced it. And that experience matters. So I just put it out on the table. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I, I, I sent the email, and I remember driving back, and quite honestly, I was, a wave of fear just hit me. I was like, sh- I felt like shaking inside as I'm driving back, and I, I felt this fear of like, what if she doesn't respond well? Like, what if she doesn't fight for connection? Like, I could explode the entire relationship just with this. What, it, what if she doesn't fight for connection here. I felt so terrified. I felt really bad <laughs> inside. This is what, it didn't feel good. I felt so much fear and scared, and I, I felt weak and com- communicating, so vulnerable. And then she responded, and, you know, she had a few options herself. She, she like, what I put out on the table probably really hurt her. Right? It wasn't her intentions for a lot of these things, but it would probably really hurt her. And so she has a few options. Is she going to punish me back? Is, sh- is she going to run away or fight back or be defensive? She really easily could have. But her response was <laughs> wonderful. Where she fought for connection. Where she fought just to see my experience to say, man, I blew it. I'm so sorry. Man, I see how that would hurt. Even when it wasn't her intention, man, I could see how that would hurt. And she cared. (sighs) All to say this is that we could have been in the punishment paradigm in that. It's easy. Those feelings were there, right? But we fought for connection and it worked. It worked. In the midst of it, didn't feel good. You know, it didn't feel like love in the moment. It felt like fear. Felt really scary to, co- to communicate that I was hurt. It felt like fear, and yet it was pressing in. It was that choice for connection, and it worked. So this is so important. So, this new paradigm. If someone hurts us, we have an option to punish back. We can fight back. We can run away. We can freeze up, be in the punishment paradigm, but that just won't work. Or, if someone hurts us, we can communicate. We can be vulnerable, and we can deeply forgive. We need to confront with a heart of gentleness and forgiveness, and we also need to communicate what we need for reconciliation. But whatever they decide, if they choose to fight for us or if they choose not to, we choose to stay in a posture of deep forgiveness. We choose to stay in a posture that I'm still not going to punish you, to teach you a lesson, 
I'm still going to be in a posture of forgiveness. And whenever you're ready to decide to fight for connection, the way is open, and that's what I want. If we find ourselves, and, and this will happen, where we are the person that hurts someone else, we need to listen and care about their experience, even if it wasn't our intention. Even if we had good intentions, we still have to hear their experience and say, you know what, man, I see that. I see how that would hurt. I'm so sorry. Their experience is their experience, and that matters. The most important thing in that moment, especially the initial response, is always they just need to feel seen. They just need to feel seen for what they're experiencing, even if it's quote-unquote wrong, right? Okay, so the correct answer response is always to see their experience, to sink into it, to care about it. And if there's a problem inside of us, we have the responsibility to find the core problem and change that belief so that we don't cause that pain ever again. That's our responsibility. And if once we do that, I think it is totally okay to share our side, to open up, be vulnerable, and say, hey, this was, this was my heart during it, um, and this is just my side. I think that's totally fine to share our heart, but it just has to be after <laughs> really seeing them and seeing their experience. It has to be after. Okay, so I believe this is a culture that we need in all of our relationships. And if you think about all of our relationships, it starts with, with God first. I know this has happened for me and God where there's, there's been different seasons where I can feel hurt by something not working out or I, I remember one, one time I just felt like God told me something and it, it didn't work out and I left really hurt by it. And in that moment, again, it was very similar with my mom where I just kind of like distanced myself from God for like a month or two months, where I just felt really distant, and it was like, I, I knew I could logic away, God's not wrong, God's perfect love. But I still felt it. I still felt hurt. I still felt, and the, the only way that that broke was actually going to God and communicating. I felt hurt. I feel hurt by this. Am I wrong? Yeah, I'm wrong. But I need to let it out. And here is heart. Obviously, this is a culture we need in our, in our families and in our, our closest friendships. It is, is often the people that are closest to us that can hurt us the most. Hurt just happens when we are pressing into connection. And so having the vulnerability to communicate experience, whether you know that experience is right or wrong, it is so important to say, hey, I feel hurt by that. And this is my experience. It's hard, but it's good. And then lastly, I want, I want to share, it's really important even here at church. There might be something I say that hits you the wrong way. There might be something I do that hits you the wrong way. And I, I, I have an open invitation to you. That please come tell me. Even if you feel like you're wrong, even if you feel like you could just, oh, that wasn't Daniel's intention or heart, but it's still your experience. I invite you to come tell me. And my promise to you, is, and my goal at least, is to fight for connection and just hear your heart. See how you experience that and care about it. That's my goal. That is my fight. 
so that you know I'm always going to fight for connection with you, okay? All right, so practical questions. Why don't you stand with me? We're, we're going to end here pretty soon. Instead of praying for you today, I just want to be super practical, and I want to ask you a question. Is there a hurt or offense with God, think about this, with God, that you feel like you might be wrong with, but you still need to communicate? Ask that, with God. Is there anything that you feel hurt by, maybe a circumstance, maybe something happened? Anything with God you feel like you need to communicate. I encourage you just in, in, in your own prayer just to tell God, God, I feel hurt by this. And second, is there someone close to you, maybe a family member, maybe a close friend, that you feel like, you know what, maybe I've been in the punishment paradigm of wanting to self-protect, to create some distance. Is there someone close to me that I need to communicate my hurt to? And I want to ask you, what's a good time to go tell them? It doesn't have to be right now as you turn to your neighbor. <laughs> what's a good time <laughs> to communicate that? Think about that time and actually make a plan in your head. This is a good time to communicate that. I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over us. I'm included in this. God, I, I just pray that you would give us the tools to fight for love, to fight for connection, to move towards people even when it's scary, even when there's hurt, that we would have the ability to fight for connection by, by communicating, by being vulnerable, and by forgiving. I just pray that you would give us the strength to do that. Give us the awareness of when we're in the punishment paradigm and being dictated by fear. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, well, thank you for hearing. I know that was a little hard-hitting. It's convicting for me, but have an amazing week. I love you guys. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.